we think of calling often in terms of, well, I'm not a pastor, or I'm not a preacher, or I'm not a prophet. No, no, no. Listen to me. You, listen, if you're a teacher, you still have a calling. If you're a doctor, you have a calling. If you're a pipe fitter, you have a call. God has a calling for every one of your life. And so I'm reading at Nehemiah chapter 1. Nehemiah was a government worker, just so that you can understand Three-fourths of all the people in the Bible were not priests, prophets, or teachers. Most of them were, were planters, were, were, were agriculture people, were, were craftsmen, were, were government workers. They, they, but God used them when they discovered their calling. Nehemiah was a government employee. And he worked in a, in a heathen, wicked government. But I'm, you know, your, your surroundings don't define your calling. It's what God put in you that defines you. Can I have any men? So let's read it. Nehemiah. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, in the month of Kislev in the twelfth year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hananiah, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men. And I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that survived the exile and also about Jerusalem, for those that uh, understand the historical uh, aspect of the Bible, Ju Jerusalem had been uh, plundered, had been destroyed because of their rebellion, because they had sinned against God, and all the Jewish people was taken to Babylon in exile, and they lived as basically under the control of a wicked government, and they wasn't, they was, they couldn't even, they were estranged from their homeland, Jerusalem. And, and Jerusalem was plundered, the temple had been destroyed, the gates were burned with fire, but uh, God raised up one king named Cyrus. You know, don't, don't, you, that's why you never know who God will use. Cyrus was a wicked king, but God used him to help rebuild the temple. And so God raised up a king to, he sent first back some Jews back to rebuild the temple of God. But the temple was built, but the, but largely the walls, walls represented protection. Walls represented uh, uh, the security. That the, the gates and the walls of the city were broken down. So the people were vulnerable and they were in distress. They were easy prey to all the outside uh, uh, peoples that, that wanted to attack them. And so he gets word. And this is what Hananiah said. They said to them, those who survived the exile and are back in the province, they're in great trouble and in disgrace. The walls of Jerusalem are broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. Listen, verse 4. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept for some days. I mourned and I fasted, and I prayed before the God of heaven. Let me just talk to you for a few minutes from these verses, because one of the things, if you're going to understand your calling, the first thing I said is you got to identify what moves you. Write that down, what moves you. What are the things that cause you to weep? What are the things I, who was a government worker, what are the things that want to stir you to action? For Nehemiah, who was a government worker, it was the plight of the Jewish people when he heard about the fact that the people were in trouble and that the people were distressed. The Bible said it moved them to weep. It moved them to begin to cry. It moved them to begin to pray. It moved them to begin to fast. 
His gift was leadership and administration, but God had a call on him, and that was to restore Jerusalem. God not only gave him a gift, but he gave him a calling. And I just want you to know, inside of every one of you, there's a unique heartbeat. I said it, there may be seven plus billion people on the world, in the world, but do you know that no two heartbeats beat alike? It reminds you that God has a unique calling on your life. Inside of every person is a unique calling from God. Listen to what Philippians 2 says. It's on your handout. Philippians 2 verse 13 says, For God is working in you. Look at somebody say, God's working in me. God is working in you. Listen to what he said. He's working in you. Listen, giving you the desire. Say desire. And the power to do what pleases him. I want you to know that it's God that's working in you. Sometimes you wonder why you have this burden. Sometimes you wonder why you have this passion. Sometimes you wonder why you feel this way. Sometimes you wonder why you wake up with certain things on your heart. But it's God that's working in you. I want you to know if you love the Lord, he puts a desire on the inside of you. That's why that scripture says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. God's not just going to give you everything you want, but the more you delight in him, the more God put desires on the inside of you. Look at somebody and say, God put a desire on the inside of me. The Bible says it is God working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Doing what God puts in your heart always brings pleasure. It always brings a joy. One of the things that happens when we get when, when we begin to discover the, the calling of God, it, 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 it brings a sense of joy in your life. A calling is not always necessarily a, a, a change of job. I, I, I'll give you one, an example. One of the people who uh, I, I greatly admire who lived out their calling is my mother. My mother was a beautician. Listen to me. That was her profession. But her burden was to see people healed. And because God had given a calling to see hurting people heal, I want you to know, people may have came in to get their heart, their hair fixed, but they left with their heart fixed. Come on, somebody. <laughs> see, God will use your calling to transform whatever you're working in. And that's what he wants to do in every one of your life. You might be a teacher, but I want you to, if you got a call to teach, them, teach, them, killed might, them children might come in one way, but because you got an anointing to teach. See, some people teach because they just went to school for it, but some people got an anointing for it. I call it a calling. And when you have a calling for it, when you operate in your calling, you know what? Kids who couldn't learn all of a sudden start learning. Because you're called to do it. And God has a calling on every one of your life. And one of the most powerful things that you and I can understand and learn is to understand the calling of God. Let, let's just use the example of Jesus Christ. You know, you, you know sometimes we forget Jesus was born of, of a birth. He lived a, a sinless life, but he operated as a man. Listen to me. He knew what it was like to go through puberty. He knows what it's like to experience civil rivalry. The Bible says, listen, he had, he had, he had six, six, the Bible tells he had six other brothers and sisters. So he knew what it's like to, to have to share a room with, with, uh, with four or five and, and you want to kick somebody out. <laughs> but you see, he didn't sin. The Bible tells us of an event in Jesus' life that kind of identified that he began to sense his calling even at an early age. It talks about when he was 12 years old, 
his parents visited Jerusalem. They lived in Bethlehem, which was several miles away, but every so often Jews would go up to Jerusalem for special feasts. And just so happened, the Bible records this story that one time his families went up, I think, for the Passover. And uh, there they were in Jerusalem with all their relatives and friends. But when Jesus got around the temple, all of a sudden it began to stir something on the inside of him. As he began to see what was going on in the temple, a passion, a burden, a desire began to awaken his life. So much so that he just got so caught up when everybody else was, was returning back home. Jesus got stuck. He was just, he was consumed with just sitting there and learning and listening because there's something about being in this house. That's something, I, I know I was raised as a carpenter, but I believe that's something that drawing me to be in the house. See, that's what happened. Though Jesus' father was a carpenter, and though he was trained to be a carpenter, but the calling of God on his house, in his life was to be in his father's house. Can I have an amen? Just to read a little bit. And the Bible says that after three days, they, the, the family had left and started back home, and they realized that Jesus wasn't with them. So they returned to Jerusalem, and it says, and after three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Look what Jesus replied. Why were you searching for me, mama? That's my translation. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? In other words, Jesus was saying, listen, I know mom and dad, y'all are worried, but there's something on the inside of me. There's a burden that God put there. I don't understand it all, but I had to be in my father's house. And when God puts a burden, a, a, a passion, a, 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 something that moves you, I want you to know that people begin to sense it. He began to sense that there was something in his life. And I want you to know that every one of you have a unique heartbeat that was put there by God. It might be for justice. It might be for education. It might be for health care. But there's a burden. There's, there's something that moves sports. It might be for family or marriage. But there's a burden. There's, there's something that moves you. That when, when it talk about, it causes your heart. It causes you to want to get involved. It causes you to want to make a difference. That's part of God identifying that there's a calling on your life. Sometimes calling is, is, is determined by sometimes the things we went through in our lives. I was reading the testimony of Christine Kane. Any of you ever heard of Christine Kane? She's a powerful woman of God. Anyway, she, she was sharing how she was abused from the time I think she was 4 to 11 by four different men. And, and has she, had, she was adopted and felt like a nobody and and, uh, but she got saved as a teenager, and God turned her life around. But, but God put a passion in her and a burden and a, a, a calling to want to rescue people. And she started a ministry called A21, and, and, and it, it's, it's to abolish slavery in the 21st century. It's to abolish human trafficking. And because one woman 
moving in her calling, say a calling, having a passion to do something. Now hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of boys and girls are being rescued out of human trafficking because somebody obeyed their calling. Come on, let's give God. Let me just tell you, when you got a calling from God, your life will make a difference. It's not just, it's not just Christine. It's not just Nehemiah. Every one of you have a specific purpose and calling. You wasn't just put here to sit in front of a box and watch TV and be mesmerized and wake up and go to sleep and eat the same thing. How many know God made you? He put a dream on the inside of you. And the fulfillment, if you and I are going to embrace our place, it starts with you and I learning how to, to begin to listen to the heartbeat of God. Here's the problem sometimes. You, you ever got so quiet and you kind of put your hand and you can hear or feel your heartbeat? Anybody ever felt your heartbeat? You know, sometimes you get quiet just enough, especially when you've been working out or moving along. If you get, if you get quiet just enough, you can feel, you can hear your own heartbeat. You know, here's the problem that happens when it comes to the calling of God. Sometimes we get so busy, sometimes we get so distracted, sometimes there's so much noise in our lives that we can't hear the heartbeat. We can't sense what God's saying. Sometimes, you know, some, one, one indication, let me just say, if, if you say, well, I don't have, I'm not moved by nothing, well, that's a good sign that, that you ain't listening. That's a good sign that something is blocking your ability to sense, to hear, because, because I want you to know that every one of you, when you got saved, that God put something on the inside of you. He puts a desire. You, how many of you can remember when you got saved? I don't know what it was, but God may have put something on you. You know you want to be involved in it. You want to change something. You want to do something, because as God puts a desire on the inside, the Bible says, He who is working in you, both to will, both to desire, and to do of His good pleasure. I could, I, in my own life, I can remember clearly. This is how it first started with me. I was a young man, and, and um, I remember clearly I had a relative who got shot in the public housing project and was murdered, shot down like a dog, died in his own blood. And I can remember something just moved, began to stir me. A few months later, another relative of the same family got shot. And blown away. Granted, they were doing illegal activity. They were involved in the drug trade. And they both got killed. But I began to start in the inside. I began to weep and begin to say, God, how can we just sit down and go to church when this is happening right in my own neighborhood, right in my own backyard, right among my own family? And, I, and that began to be something that stirred me, that began to move me, that began to cause me to weep before the Lord and say, God, I don't know, but God, I know something has to be done. And you know, from that, I, begin to, we, I just begin to pray and begin to ask the Lord. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but uh, back in the early, the late 80s, uh, I said, well, you know what? 
my brother and I, Galen, who's since gone home to be with the Lord, he had gone to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and he had met this young man who had been in the gangs, and, and he said, Neil, listen, what if we invite him here, and we go and we invite all these young men uh, who are involved in drug dealing and stuff like that, and invite him to hear his testimony. And you know, I said, man, I, again, I think that's the Lord. And so you know what? He came down, Brother Walter, and we, we, we called uh, a meeting at our church, and we just invited the young guy. The, the, the day we went, listen, I went in the public housing that day, and it just so happened, the day I went in there, man, there was a, a fight, and we tried to break it up, and the guy pulled a gun at me and said, man, you don't know us. Get out of here. But you know, that didn't deter me. I said, listen, I'd love for y'all to just come. We, we're going to have a we're going to have an outreach, and somebody's going to feed you, and afterwards you'll be able to play basketball. And I want you to know that from just a burden, a movement, that God, we got to do something. we got to rescue. There are people that's not being reached. Lord, they're dying in their sin. Unless somebody reach them, Lord, nobody's going to reach them. And you know, from that burden, just acting out on what God said to do, you know what, that's how New Wine began. We started for the next five years. I opened a gymnasium every Saturday night, invited a group of young men. I worked at Shell Oil Company, and every Saturday night, I would bring them to a gym. We, before we played ball, I would begin to share what it really meant to be a, a Christian, what it meant to be to serve the Lord. And from that, God birthed this church. Come on, give God some praise. See, listen to me. Don't. It starts with a burden. But what would have happened if I had ignored, ignored what was God putting in my heart? Sometimes we ignore when God begins to deal with, when God begins to move on us. So the first thing we see, we, when, 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 if you're going to know your calling, you got to identify what moves you, what, what stirs you, what, what is the thing that, that God is putting on your heart. Secondly, if you and I are going to discover our call, we must pray until we get God's plan. Say pray. Until we get God's plan. Now this is so important. Because, because listen to me. I, I'm convinced. The key to discovering the calling and the purpose of God. Is spending time in his presence. John Wesley said this way. God does nothing but an answer to prayer. A lot of times people are moved. and They're disturbed. But they never pray. And one of the greatest mistakes we make is to step out without getting God's plan and God's get, getting God's heart. I want you to know, real, a real call of God, listen to me, because ultimately, if God is giving you a call, you got to get direction from Him. And sometimes we get an idea and we run with it, but we didn't consult with the Lord. You got a whole lot of people. That's why Jesus, listen to what he said. The, the, the book of Proverbs says, many are the plans of a man, but it's the purposes of God that will prevail. Let me just say, if you're trying to do your own thing, God will, God will fight against you. Sometimes people wonder why it ain't working, because sometimes you do your thing instead of God's thing. But if you will learn how to get in line with what God is doing, I want you to know God will make, the, the Bible says, he'll make the way before you play. Plain. He'll make it simple. God, you don't have to bust the door open. God will open the door for you. Nehemiah. That, that's a word for somebody. Listen to me. I want you to know. You, you heard what a recall is? Sometimes companies sent things out before it was fully tested. And then they have to call a recall because it was sent out before time. 
Some of you didn't jump out before time, and so God has to recall you. You might want to write that down. You wonder why it ain't working. You wonder, listen, I got all this in my heart, but it ain't working. Well, could it be that you got out before you waited on the Lord? Listen what Nehemiah, the, the thing I like about Nehemiah is that he, the Bible says, when I heard these things, I sat down and I wept. Listen, for some days, and I mourned and I prayed. When we read chapter 4, we know it was at least four months. Sometimes we want to we wanna bust out and do a thing before we've ever, ever had God to begin to confirm. Because listen, I believe wherever God guides, he'll always confirm what his will is. When God begins to deal with you, listen to, he'll begin to speak to others. Uh, others will begin to recognize, listen, I don't know what it is, but I see something on you. Let me just tell you, because I believe that God doesn't do anything in a vacuum. God moves within his perfect will and within the context of his body and within the context of his carrying out his will. And let me tell you, if God's going to use you for something, it's going to always be in line with his purpose and his plan to fulfill, for, to, to build his body. If it's about building your kingdom, I can guarantee you it wasn't God. If you got to get all the attention, I can promise you it's not God. I've seen a many a gifted people. Gifted. But you know what? Giftedness without brokenness always will get you in trouble. I want you to know, when you try to, listen, you might have all kinds of ability, you might have all kinds of gifts, but I want you to know if God ain't blessing it, I want you to know that, listen to me, I don't care what you attempt to do, it ain't going to work. You might even make a lot of money, but you'll still be unfulfilled. Because if, if it's not the call of God, if it's not doing what God's called you to do. Nehemiah prayed and fasted before God. And you know what? He got the mind of God. Let me just tell you, you got to understand that, that, that his ways are not your ways. His thoughts are not your thoughts. John 15, 5 says, Jesus, I am the vine. You're just a branch. Look at somebody and say, you're just a branch. If you ever forget, listen, apart from you, you can do nothing. Do you know that a fruit tree don't have the strain to produce fruit? Long as it's connected, it just it, it do what it's created to do. But when it's disconnected, apart from me, you can do nothing. Some people try to... Uh, Live out other people calling it wonder why they're uncomfortable, why it don't work, why it's so hard. Because you're not in the place where God wants you. But if you'll just get connected, if you'll spend time with you, if you'll do what God's called you to do, I want you to know you ain't got to strain. Come on, you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You're going to bring forth fruit in your season and your leaf will not wither. Whatever you do will prosper. I am the vine, you are the branch. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. But listen to me. You need to underline this in a, your Bible. Apart from me, you can do nothing. How many know what nothing means in Greek? Y'all some smart students. It means nothing. Listen to what I want you to understand. And not saying, listen to me, because I'm looking at, you got people who are entrepreneurs, you got people who got great ideas. I'm not saying that nothing you, you can't do, you can't do nothing, but it'll, it'll add up to no eternal work. It will accomplish nothing of eternal merit. One day you'll stand before God. You know, the worst thing in the world is to stand before God and say, oh God, but I did this, I did this. But God said, no, but you, I never knew you. 
you spent, you, you know, one person said, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be terrible to come to the end of life and realize that you, you, you was climbing a ladder, but you leaned it against the wrong building? Oh, yeah. Isn't it amazing how so many people, you can spend your energy. Let me just say, life is too short to spend it on the wrong thing. And the only way you're going to learn to spend your energies on the right thing is to spend time with him. Jesus said, if you spend time with me, if you allow me to abide in you, and I abide in you, abide in me, then you, then you will bring forth much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. I said two mistakes we often make when it comes to calling. One, we often, we try to plan without praying. But then secondly, we can pray without planning. And both is an error. Because I want you to know, if God give you a calling, he'll also give you a plan. Can I have an amen? Proverbs, Proverbs uh, 19, well, I read it, Proverbs 16, 9, says that in a heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines determines his steps. God, listen, God works in us both to will and to do. I want you to know God gave Nehemiah a plan. Nehemiah is already, when, when, as he began to pray, listen, you know he had a plan because when we read chapter 2 and the king said, what do you want to do, Nehemiah? God, Nehemiah not only told him what he wanted to do, he had a plan. And I want you to know when God gives you a calling, if you'll wait before the Lord, he'll give you a plan. Can I have an Amen. It's so important if you're going to obey the call of God that you get his plan. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans. How many know God has some plans for you? Put it on the board. Let's read it together. Jeremiah 29, 11, uh, let's, re let's read it together. Come on, read it out loud. The plans I have for you. Before we stop right, say God has some plans for me. Come on, look at somebody and say God has some plans for me. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Listen, there are plans for good and not for death. Come on, look at somebody and say, God's got a good plan for my life. That's why I want to say to everyone, you can trust God with your life. You can trust God with your dreams. That's why you can trust God to help you with the right mate. Sometimes we get, we're afraid, well, God, if I let you do, it's going, it, 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 you're going to take away my fun. I'm not going to have a happy life. Oh, I want you to know God has a happy life for you. God has a good plan for you. There are plans of good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. The most exciting thing in this world is you and I yielding to the plan and the purpose of God for our lives. When we get his plan, oh, I want to tell you, there's a sweet spot. There's a sweet spot in the will of God. Every time, you know, that's what, you know, Jesus said, my commands are not burdensome. You know, when God begin to lead you, listen to me, you, you ain't got to go kicking and screaming. If that, if that is, you might not, that may not be the Lord. But let me just say, when is the Lord it's a, it's a joy in obedience. Every time God has spoken to me about a specific purpose, I want you to, there's a joy in following the Lord. How many of that listen to me? The worst testimony you could have is to, to get up there and always be frowning. Because if, if God is taking away all your fun, you must have the wrong God. Because He gives us joy. Say joy. If you always 
frowning. Let me just tell you, that's why I want you to know when you sing, there ought to be a joy in your heart. When you work, there ought to be a joy in your life. God, give us joy. Nobody is attracted to a sour face, always miserable, always frowning. I want you, people want to know, there's a joy in serving the Lord. When God, let me just tell you, when God when there's a calling of God and you move in the calling of God, there's a joy in your life. Everything he calls us to do, there's a joy. I want you to know, it is a joy in obeying the Lord. It is a joy in doing what God has called you to do. People say, man, listen, has it been hard? Listen, yeah, sometimes, I'm not saying it's always easy, to, uh, uh, but there's a joy in doing the work of the Lord. Can I have an amen? How many of you got joy? Give God some praise. Come on. Listen to me. Here's a principle I want you to understand. That often we discover the, the specific will of God being faithful in the general will of God. Luke 16, faithful in much. But he who is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. I shared with you, sometimes God will do a suddenly. But you know what? You think, people in the world might think it's sudden, but God been working for years in the background. Isn't that right, brother? Listen, see, when you've been faithful in what God, listen, people don't see your faithfulness, but God sees. God sees what you do with what nobody else sees. God sees when you're learning, when you're faithful to your wife. God sees when you're faithful to your husband. God sees when you're faithful on your job. God sees when, you, when you're faithful on your taxes. Oh, I need the organist right now. I felt the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, listen to me. You got to understand, we think, we, we don't know, well, God ain't interested in that. God is interested in that. God is interested in the small thing. God want to know, can you be trusted with the little thing? Before God give you a big assignment, God want to know, can you be faithful in the little thing? Do you pay your bills? Come on, somebody, shout with me. Why would God trust you? With millions of dollars when you can't trust you to pay your light bill. Oh, you see, you see, listen to me. Not, not, listen, I'm trying to help you. God, listen, the way you prepare for the calling is learning to be faithful in the little thing. When you learn to be honest, when you learn to walk in integrity, when you listen to me. Listen, you, we've seen in recent years, we've seen not recent years, we've seen last week, week before, what happened. We saw these people, listen, they was prospering, they thought everything was going well, but they was dishonest in private. And eventually, what you are in private is going to come out in public. Because your sin will find you out. Why y'all getting quiet on me now? That's why you need to get your house in order. Can I have an amen? That's why you need to say, God, listen, I don't want to ever come in a place. I, I, John Bevere said, this, Lord, don't ever bring me to a place where my character can't keep me. Because I don't want ever God to promote me. And one day y'all say, oh, Lord, y'all said what he did 10 years ago. And now it didn't, come out in the, it didn't come out in the light. I want you to thank God that, you know what, if you've messed up, you can, pray, you can confess it before God, get it right, and put it under the blood. And I know God will wash you as though God said, I'll remove your sin. Come on, let's thank God for it. 
All of us has messed up. But how many are grateful for the blood? Come on, let's thank God for the blood. But I believe, listen to me. I'm telling you, I just sense. I don't, there's times I sense in my spirit, I don't know all the details. But even when Karina was saying that, there's something in my spirit said, yeah, just like Joseph. You know, he didn't know what was going to happen. But you know, because he was faithful, because he was, he was faithful, then when disaster came, when famine came, when Christ came, God had a man in place. Look at somebody and say, you got to get in place. See, when God needed somebody to rescue a nation, God had a man or a woman in place. When God wanted to save the children of Israel, he had an Esther in place. That's why you got to get in your place. Look at somebody and say, get in place. Come on, you got to embrace your place. You got to understand your calling. Let me, I've learned that when you and I learn to just get in place, understand our calling, when we learn to be faithful, because I mean, here, here why you got to prepare. God, God, wants, to, God wants you to, 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 he wants to give you a plan. He wants to give you, I, I, I'm just saying, listen, for, 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 you know, it says many are called. But few are chosen. Why few chosen? Few prepared. Few willing to do the hard work. I want you to know, fulfilling the call of God for your life is going to be work. It, for, for Nehemiah, it was going to cost him something. And for every one of you, if you're going to obey the Lord, how many have discovered it's going it's to cost you something? I want to share this last thing. The third thing we see... If if we are going to discover our calling, it will always, always, I said, number one, I said, if we're going to discover our calling, we've got to discover, identify what moves us. Number two, we've got to pray till we get God's plan. But number three, we've got to always be willing to take action. We know that faith without works is dead. But there's a whole lot of people who dreams and plans and Things fall by the wayside because they weren't willing to get out of the boat. They weren't willing to take a risk. They weren't willing. The call of God may not always cause you to change your vocation, but sometimes it will. Let's look at Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 2, as I prepare to close. In Nehemiah chapter 2, we know that this is what happened uh, I'm going to just read a few verses. Nehemiah 2, verse 1, it says, In the month Nisan, that was April, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought for him, I took the wine and I gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before. So the king asked me, Why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? Now, you got to understand so you can understand the context. Oh, Nehemiah was a cupbearer. That means that, that in those days, the quickest way to, kid, to, to take out the king was to poison his food or his wine. So he hired somebody who he can trust to first drink of the, to, to be a cupbearer. They, they had to sip the wine. Anytime, anytime somebody gave him the, 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 the cupbearer to drink, taste it, or whatever, because if it was poison, it was going to always kill the cupbearer first. So if he was sad, then the king would, Nehemiah, is something wrong? You ain't smiling like you. Nehemiah, is everything all right? But Nehemiah wasn't sad because anything was wrong with the food. Listen, the king said, this is nothing but sadness of heart. 
And he said, I was very much afraid. You see, he was afraid because the king could get one word and say, take him out. He must be messing with my food. He must be messing with my drink. But, it, but I said, king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my fathers are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? And the king said to me, what is it you want? In other words, Nehemiah was a faithful man. And, and because he was faithful in the little thing, and he was a trusted man, but God touched the king's heart and said, Nehemiah, what you want? What you want for me to do? Listen to what he said. Then I prayed to the God of heaven, and I answered the king. If it please the king, and if your servants has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my fathers are buried so I can rebuild it. Hear me. When it's your calling, it's not just a passing feeling. Here's four months later, but there's still an ongoing conviction that compelled him to action. I want you to know that calling is always, will always motivate you to action. It will cause you to be willing to sacrifice for it. It will cause you to be willing to take a risk. Here was Nehemiah, a comfortable government employee. He evidently has some status there because you didn't just put anybody to be your cupbearer. You had to put somebody trusted and loyal. But I want you to know that when, when God began to deal with him, I know he was willing to say, listen, I love what I do, but there's something that's calling me that's greater. Anybody got something on the inside that's calling you that's greater than where you are? I want to ask that question. Is, is, is there something on the inside of you that you realize, listen, I, I, I know I'm called to something greater. Anybody, let me see, does, does that identify? Anybody beside me, listen, that you realize, I'm called to something greater. Yes. Nehemiah recognized that there was something called. See, what hinders so many Americans is that we live for the American dream rather than God's dream. Yes. Yes. We get stuck in stuff. And we get so bowed down holding on to stuff. I want you to know, that's what Jesus said. The cares of this life and the deceitfulness of riches and the love of many things choke. Choke. Choke the purpose of God. Choke the word. Choke the dream of God so that they become unfruitful. Don't let stuff sidetrack you, shipwreck you, or cause you to miss your destiny. It ain't worth it. I can tell you, God can always replace stuff. God can always give. That's why you can't let stuff stop you from your destiny. Because listen to me, what I'm going to tell you, wherever God, God, he always provides. The next thing we read in Nehemiah, Nehemiah, the king not only gave him an opportunity to go, but the king said, what else you need? Nehemiah said, God, I need lumber. I need trees. I need letters of authorization. And listen to everything that Nehemiah needed, the king granted him. I want you to know that's just a, that's a, that's a, a picture. Whenever God calls you to something, wherever God guides, he will always provide. In the center of the will of God, there will always be provision. That's why one sure sign that it might not be God. Because if, there's a, if everything drying up and there's no provision, it might not be the right vision. Because when you got the right vision, provision always follow the vision. Come on, somebody say amen. Listen to me. When you're in the vision of God, provision will come. One of our, I'll share this 
as I close. I, I, I did. There's so much in this that, that I can preach on. Because I, I just want y'all to hear me carefully. There's a call on your life. Hear me, young man, and you'll never be happy. Stuff can't satisfy. A relationship can't satisfy. I just got to come down where you are. Because listen, to, I'm letting you know, some of you, you, you can have all the stuff. You can have a million dollars in a bank account, and you can still be empty and miserable when you're not in the call of God. Oh, but I want you to know, it's when we yield to the call of God. And I believe that's what God is speaking to some of you today. Not just some of you. know, every one of you have a purpose. It may not mean that you're going to leave your job, but it means that, God, I'm willing to make an adjustment. God, I want to be in the center of what you want me to do. God, I want to hear your plan for my life. See, listen to me. When, when you might be a teacher, but when you get the call of God, and when you get the plan of God, you go in that classroom with a calling and knowing that I'm called to make a difference in the classroom. You're no longer a teacher, but now you're God's man or woman in the classroom. When you're a plant worker and you got a call of God, you go on the job and you realize, I'm not just here working in the plant. I'm God's man. I'm God's woman to make a difference in the manufacturing world. When you, when you got a call of God, you might be a nurse or a nurse helper, whatever it is. You don't just go to the job just fixing people. Or, 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 or you, but you realize, no, I'm God's person. I'm God's man. I'm God's woman called to make a difference. And I want you to know that one day when we stand before God, He's going to ask you, were you faithful to do what I call you to do? Were you faithful to obey the call of God? Don't waste your energy. Don't waste your time. Realize that, there's a, that, that life is short. Life is short. It's so quick. It's, it just flies by like that. We got this one and only life. I want to pursue and discover the call of God and, and fulfill it for my life. How many of that echoes with you today? If, if God is speaking to you today, say, say God, listen, well, it doesn't matter what's your vocation. A calling, realize that God, I realize that I was created for this. You got a divine purpose for my life. God, you shaped me for this. God, I was born for this very purpose. And if you begin to realize, and that's for you today, and you say, Pastor, I want to discover. I want to fulfill my call. Just stay on your feet right where you are, right where you are. See, that's for me. Listen, I don't want to live like ordinary. I don't want to just sit in front of a box the rest of my life. I don't want to waste my energy doing what everybody else is doing. Listen to me. Hear me. I believe this. Listen to me. The key to you and I changing our world. This was the secret of the early church. They recognize that, listen, everybody has a call of God. Everybody's a minister. I don't care what your occupation was. There was no such thing as a clergy and laity. They were, the reason why Jesus didn't recruit people from the temple or from the synagogue or from, or from the theological school, Jesus recruited businessmen. He recruited fishermen. He recruited, he recruited tax collectors and, and sinful people. He, he wanted ordinary people because when an ordinary person recognized that there's a dream on the inside of them that, that, that will cause them to do the extraordinary then God can use them. And I want you to know that just like the secret in the early church was that God used ordinary people. When we yield to him and say, God, here I am. I want to fulfill. I want to discover the call. Then God will use your life. And I want you to know it will bring joy. 
You might be the next Nehemiah. You might be the next Esther. Let me pray with you right now. Father, I just sense that you're calling us as never before to embrace our place, to discover our call. God, you might be a receptionist, but when you begin to realize that, no, God has put a burden on me. You can't just go to work the way you used to do. Come on, God, I thank you, Lord. I'm called to make a difference in my world. I pray, Lord, for every person who's here recognize that, God, they're created for more. We're created for more than just to sit in front of a box and be mesmerized and, and waste our years. But, God, we're created to make a difference. Lord, I, I pray that those who already know that they have a, 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 a heartbeat, that things that move them, that, that, that God, I pray that today, that they, they, will, they will dust it off. They, they might have forgotten it. They might have buried it. But, God, I pray that today they're going to pick it up and recognize that, God, I was created for this. I was born to do this. Lord, my life, the reason I was here is, Lord, for this very purpose. And so, Lord, I pray that today that you confirm afresh the passion, the purpose, Lord, the thing that moves them. God, I pray that we won't run out half cocked, that you got to recall us, but that, God, we're going to spend time praying until we get a plan. God, you got a plan for our family. God, you got a plan for our workplace. God, you got a plan for our community. God, you got a plan for every situation. You said many are the plans of a man. But God, we want your purposes. God, you got a right plan. And so God, we want your plan. We want your plan. And so Lord, today we commit, Lord, to, to pray till we get your plan. We're going to abide in you. And you're going to abide in us that we might bring forth much fruit because apart from you, we can do nothing. I don't care how talented you are. I'm speaking to somebody. You got the talent. But I want you to know until you get God's hand on your life, it'll amount to nothing. When, God, when there's a giftedness covered with an anointing, you'll change your world. Father, I pray today, let us yield to it. But lastly, Lord, let us commit to acting on what you put in our heart, that we will take the risk, that God, we, we, we won't settle, we won't settle just to, just to sit around and, and wait for something to happen, but Lord, we'll take a risk. We'll be like Abraham, who went out not knowing where he was going because he heard the voice of the Lord. God, speak to your people right now. Speak to them all over this place. Speak today. God, I pray especially, Lord, for our young men and women, God, that you will sell it today. Let them know that there's a, desire, a, a divine calling on their lives. God, there's a specific purpose that you created them for. And God, I pray that, God, that they won't waste their lives chasing the wrong dream. That, God, they'll chase your dream in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let's thank God all over this place. Yeah, yeah. Listen to me.